Now get your Bibles, John 15. We're going to begin there. And we're talking today about giving one's life in the defense against our enemies. So this is a lesson in honor of Memorial Day. And so we'll give them a chance to see if we get it up there. All right. John 15 and 6. We'll just read one verse and then we'll be seated. I want to read all of it, but I'm going to go away from it for a minute. And that, of course, is the last verse. Greater love hath no man than this. Can you say that? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Let's pray the Lord will bless his word. Father, right now, we thank you for the word of the Lord. ask you to, as we give honor today to those that have served and given the ultimate sacrifice of their lives, and then, Lord, the spiritual lessons to be learned, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. God bless you. Now, I brought two uh, other songs that I considered for a Memorial Day. Uh, well, let's just say these are my three favorite victory songs. And the first one's called Victory in Jesus. Anybody remember that song? I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me, I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then, all right, so that's the first song. So let's assume that I don't think I need to repent of my sins. And I repented of my sins and what? Won the victory. What if I wanted to change that to I don't care if Hitler wins or not. It doesn't matter. Hitler's okay with me. Would that have changed the outcome? Yes, that would have changed the outcome. I repented of my sins. Or I, what if we sing it this way? I don't have to repent of anything because I'm going to heaven no matter what I do. And I won the victory. Well, if you won the victory going to heaven for sins other people are going to hell for, that'd be a horrible thing, wouldn't it? That'd be a horrible thing. You have to repent of your sins. All right, now that's the first one. There's a lot. I love that song. Thank the Lord, forgive me for, I know it's not the word of God, but it's a marvelous song, and I didn't mean to cast any shame on it. But in fact, we have victory in Jesus because he shed his blood. Now, this, the other one, <clears throat> my second most, well, let me see which one of these I like best. Um, well, this is my absolute favorite. I, I should leave that. Let me put that at the back. Okay, so this is my next most favorite. It's called Victory. Hallelujah, what a thought. Jesus' full salvation brought victory. Anybody remember that song? Let the powers of sin assail. Heaven's grace can never fail. My grandparents were great singers, and they. Uh, my grandpa could play. He taught himself to play piano, and uh, I just, and they were the, the, very first people that I knew that knew anything about God and and uh, they and I'll never forget them see my grandpa could play this song I mean he played what they call I called it wide fingered and he taught me how to do it and and you'd go up and down and then you'd kind of do the, get the middle note in there sister French says that's not the way it's supposed to be done but it, anyway it's uh, I usually play like this in the air so it's okay and then the second verse says, I am trusting in the Lord. I am standing. Mm -mm 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 -mm. See, what if I change it and said, no, I don't have to stand on his word. Fooey on the word. Who needs the word? I can, I can watch a late night show. 
Who needs that? God doesn't care what I do and so on. Well, if you don't care about the word, then you're not going to have victory. If you don't trust the Lord, you're not going to have victory. Let the powers of sin assail. Heaven's grace can never fail. Anybody believe that? Yes. So victory, yes, victory. Hallelujah, I am free. Jesus gives me victory. Praise God. It comes through him. doesn't come because I'm somebody. It comes because of him. Now, the, my favorite one of all is victory ahead. When the hosts of Israel led by God. Mm, none of that marching around Jericho business. No, sir. I'm not working. I love this world too much to care about that. You think I want to make somebody feel uncomfortable and march around something? No, sir. Well, no marching around the walls, no victory. I'm not marching. Well, then he's not giving victory. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's just the way it works. Dave, then the second verse. David with the shepherd's sling and five stones met the giant on the field all alone, trusting in the Lord. He knew what God had said. By faith he saw the victory ahead. Verse 3. Daniel prayed unto the Lord thrice. Mm-mm. Not got time for that. All that praying business. He knows I don't have time for prayer and my job and all the other movies I want to watch. You think I got time for prayer? Well, goodbye, Daniel, because the lions just had their breakfast snack. Then into the lion's den led the way, trusting in the Lord. He did not fear or dread. Oh, I love this song. And then, then there's about ten more verses. So you get the point that if you, um, if you do not recognize that Hitler was an enemy, and don't think there aren't young people today that think Hitler was a hero. They're out there. Like I was reading just recently how many young people wish that they could have been a part of the Nazi party. It's unbelievable. Of course, that's silly and stupid. I, I know it's youthful stupidity, but what I'm saying is that here we are. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, but uh, here we are in, in a world where <clears throat> we're looking here at a picture. This is just now. This is this right now. That picture was just taken. That's why I put it on there. That young man is kneeling, and I, I don't mean to disrespect the grave of this name. I won't call the name. Uh, there's no disrespect just because I'm putting it up here and talking about uh, lessons, spiritual lessons from uh, the military and their giving of their, their lives. And his, his, uh, his gravestone is visible. Uh, I don't mean any disrespect. What I am doing, of course, obviously this young soldier is uh is paying respects to I, i'm just you know i'm just guessing that 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 is someone he knew and perhaps his own you know family i don't know uh but he if you if you say to the world hitler's okay with me then you're saying all these tombstones are there in vain but they're not there in vain because i'm standing here preaching the gospel Someone else around the corner can preach the devil if they want to. That's the, the freedom. Let me tell you something. I, I, I believe in freedom of religion, not just my own religion. That doesn't mean that I believe in every religion, but I believe that every religion should have the right to express itself. 
As long as it's lawful and, and uh, decent and all, follows the laws of the land. I have no problem with anybody following the dictates of their own heart, own heart. Because when the gospel is preached in a free marketplace where you can tell the truth, it wins every time. The love of God wins every time. But see, we're living in a goofy, mixed-up culture where they're not sure. Well, first of all, they don't know if there even is a God. And some of them aren't even sure if Hitler might not should have won, that the world would have been. But I, I was reading that the other day. Some kook, unfortunately, wasn't nearly the kook he should have been because people should know that it was nonsense. In other words, he was trying to say that the world just would have been different if Hitler had won. Yeah, it had been different. There wouldn't have been an uh, Israel left. There wouldn't have been a Jew left on the planet. But how many knows that God is against evil? God is against evil. So it wasn't because of, an, of the American military or the British military or the, any military that the victory was won in totality. It was with God and defenders of what is right. Then they won the victory. Now, I want to go back to our scripture. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Everybody smile. I know this is a little, uh, a, a little uh, well, you know, we're, it's Memorial Day. And uh, I, I found it interesting that I've been hearing uh, uh, military people recently talk about how they fear. In fact, I heard it just yesterday, how people are concerned, military individuals are concerned that once someone gives their life, they're forgotten. They're just forgotten. Nobody ever remembers them. So I want to look at parallels between spiritual victory and, uh, and memorial, memorial Day. Now look at. Verse 6 of John. If you have your Bible, you could do that. But I'm going to jump around here in John chapter 15. He, Jesus said, if a man abide in me. Everyone say abide in me. So if a man, the word abide is an old English word that was used to say if he lives or stays, live. If you live there or you abide there or you could even say remain there. In other words, you don't. Uh, move around. You don't say, okay, I'm, now I'm for the devil, and now I'm for Buddha, and now I'm for uh, Shinto, and now I am for Jesus. No, no, no. If you abide in me, in other words, it, it, I think you could just translate, if you live your life in me, uh, or in this case it says not, we're starting with the negative. A man abide not in me. Uh, okay, I've typed that so fast. Let me go back to verse 6. He is, all right. <laughs> all right, it's supposed to say he is cast forth as a branch and, and withered. Now, <clears throat> the reason I started with this is that some people like to think that Jesus was very uh, almost uh, soft and, and uh, just so almost, let's say wimpy, is that word? I don't know what that even is. But the, I, just almost like he never really took a stand on it. That's because that's the nonsense Jesus that people might talk about out there somewhere. But of course, Jesus was not about nonsense. He said, if a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch. So he's using this as the parallel. And I want to talk about parallels between when one person, a person makes the ultimate sacrifice and what it means and spiritual lessons that we can learn from it. So I want to hear, I've got at least two, at least two I want to look at that are 
American sacrifices that I want to consider in terms of their spiritual lessons. So if you abide not in me, then he is cast forth as a branch. So it'd be just like you took, in other words, this, I'm not saying, well, you, you go ahead and murder those people. You, you're, that's okay with me. So, oh, yeah, I just love you so much. You go ahead and rob them. Take those. Don't, don't help them. Knock them down. No, he didn't say that. No, he said, if you do not abide in me, then you're like a branch that's cast and is withered. And then he doesn't end. He says, and men gather them and cast them into the fire. And they are burned. And that introduces this next uh, little bit of discussion. I'm skipping uh, several verses in between. But then he says, as the Father hath loved me. Everyone say love. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. So faith and uh, I don't think we would think immediately of the military uh, Sacrifice. Well, I, I think you would understand that, of course, it's a sacrifice of love. They love their country, love of country and love of family. Uh, young men and women who defend their country against enemies love their families and they're trying to preserve their families. Uh, certainly when Hitler did what he did, we'll, we'll bounce off of Hitler a little bit here. But but and of course it is love, but. But in the Christian understanding of the battle, it is all about love, love of God. If you love God as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, I would say if, if you keep my commandments, not if you do anything you want to do. If you obey the gospel and walk with God, someone said, well, oh, Brother French, I can't. You know, I try and try. I'm not talking about people that are struggling and they try. He, he, the Bible's full of how to overcome and, and keep, get back up and try again. But this business of God doesn't give a nickel. No, no, that's not true. That's not biblical. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in. That's how I know you're, that's how you know that you are abiding in my love. Someone say, oh, I, I love God. You can't judge me. I love you. Yes, yes. The way we know is when you disobey God and you do it and think there's no, with impunity, there's nothing that can be done about it. If, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. And then he goes on to show that this love, the ultimate example of this love is this. Of course, speaking of his own cross and so on, we know this. Greater love hath no man than this. There's no greater love than this. There's no greater love than this. Someone said, well, that's I don't like talking about it. Well, I'm sorry. I'm the preacher and I am talking about it. It is time for us to wake up and know that the word of God is true. And the greatest love an individual can have is the love that says, I'm going to lay down my life for my friends. Well, I see this as a direct parallel to what my uh, men in uniform, men and women in uniform do when they give their, themselves for, the, for this country. Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, let's go to uh, Hosea. I want to read a couple scriptures here and follow with me. Um, <clears throat> Hosea chapter 13, and of course, you, if you're seeing the, the artist's rendition of the, of the crucifixion of Christ, it's very, very uh, uh, 
difficult to look at. I purposely am only going to leave it up here for a moment. But Jesus gave his life. That is, he suffered. Everyone say he suffered. In other words, his suffering. Now, there's something about Christ that's different from all other men. I'm not suggesting that if you gave your life, you could save the world. You couldn't give your life and save the world because that it wouldn't work for you. But because he was sinless and because he was willing to suffer when he was not guilty and because he was the son of God, then his life, when he gave his life, then here's what he, the Lord said in the Old Testament, Hosea 13. I, uh, verse 10, I will be thy king. Where is any other that may save thee? There isn't one. That's why he said, who, who else is going to be able to save you? By the way, this is a great Godhead scripture. How many knows that Jesus is the mighty God? Hallelujah. The mighty God is Jesus. And then he says, I will ransom them from the powers of the grave. Could we lift our hands and thank God for victory over, the, over death itself? I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death that's verse 14 so i've jumped into verse 14 i'm only reading a portion of it i'm trying to move on i want to look at one other thing here in terms of military uh parallels all right so jesus gave his life now matthew 20 i'm reading jesus words verse 27 28 here we are it's down at the bottom there if you're looking and are, are you able to get used to having to look one way or the other all right you're getting used to that because you're not looking at me no i'm just kidding uh I'm having to get used to the fact that you're looking over me. It makes me feel taller when you look way over my head. But uh, because it's the words are not right behind me. So that means you're getting used to it. I talked to him. I said, what about what's the psychology of people having to get used to uh, looking this way or that way or going back and forth and so on? And and we talked about it. I'm not going to indulge that. But anyway, so whosoever will be chief among you. In other words, if you if you really plan to be a leader, let him be your what? Your servant. So here, here's what Jesus says. Who, whosoever is going to be a leader or a chief among you, let him be your servant. So, wow. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered. Now, the word minister is the same Greek word that means a servant. So you serve. He didn't come to be served or to be ministered unto, but to serve or minister. And, everybody say and. See, he's added this in. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom. He came to give his life a ransom for many. Everyone said amen. Okay, now let's, uh, let's take a look at uh, our first, and we may not get very far, but at least we can give it a try. Our, our very first uh, military example, uh, December 7th, 1941. So this is perhaps uh, the most... Uh, well, I put the quote, it's not easy to see. This is an actual, and Lord forgive me, I, I'm not trying to use, uh, okay, let me, let me tell you why I'm apologizing. I, I, I wouldn't want anybody to think that I'm using an actual picture of suffering and death, all right, to make a point. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to honor the, the real, I could have used 
uh, and, and that would have been better. It would have been far more visible. It would have been far easier. In fact, it would have, it's very difficult to get a color version of that picture right there. That's almost impossible to get. All right. But this is December 7th, 1941. And I'm, I'm looking at, well, there's very few shots that are any more, uh, that are actual pictures that are any more vivid than this, this one. If they're there, I mean, I, I'm not an expert, so maybe there are, and I'm just not aware of it, but in terms of my ability to get a hold of it. So I'm, I'm looking here at the attack on Hawaii. Uh, years ago, I was invited to preach in Hawaii, and uh, I thought it was a joke when they called, said, do we want you to come and preach in Hawaii? And I said, oh, give me a break. And it got real quiet. They said, no, we, we really do want you to come and preach in Hawaii. I said, all right, where is he? I thought it was uh, Brother Pistano, who I knew from Hawaii. And I said, did he put you up to this? Or what is he just because we had been roommates in college? And he said, no, 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 he's not here. I said, no, but who, who is this really? This is the superintendent of uh, Hawaii. No, no, who is it really? And you're not, you're not kidding, are you? This is really the superintendent of Hawaii. Yeah, it is. And uh, so I spent a couple weeks in Hawaii preaching. Someone said, what'd you go for? To preach? <laughs> Someone said, yeah, uh-huh. Um, and so I went to preach. In fact, it was just how many months before we our, our, uh, our wedding? How many? Three months. So I was on the platform, and uh, the seating was a little bit like this in, in the West Memphis church. And someone, one of the ushers came up and said, Brother French, Brother French, uh, you've got a phone call from Hawaii. And I'm on the I'm leading the service. So I said, Brother, Brother McCool, uh, 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 I, I have a phone call from Hawaii. And he looked at me like, so what? And I, I said, I, I'm going to go. I got to go take that call. And he said, OK, I'll, I'll take over. And so I slipped off and went back to the to the phone. And that's where I almost lost my license with UPC by saying what I said to a general board member. But uh, one of the things that I remember the most, first of all, was flying into Honolulu and flying over Pearl Harbor. I, I found out later that this particular airline in those days, this was, we're going to have 40 years, right, in August? So almost, well, it's exactly 40 years right now. In fact, it was, was it, would have been May, wasn't it? It was going to go June. They got the call in June. Oh, I, they only gave me two weeks, by the way. That's why I thought it was a joke. They said, I said, why, why would you be calling me two weeks before the camp? I, how am I going to even get tickets? And they said, well, Brother Rose, Hugh Rose, was our speaker, and something or other happened. He was sick, I think, or his, some family member was very ill. And they said, you are our second choice, and, and so we're calling you, and you're treating us like we're bad people or whatever. And I said, no, 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 I'm st I didn't mean that. Uh, I just thought it was a joke. It didn't seem 
possible. So I went back in the service after we, we got all the details, and I said, well, I've just, and uh, Sister Rebecca, I used to call her Sister Rebecca. Uh, Sister Rebecca was sitting out there, and I came back in and said, well, I just got an invitation to preach in Hawaii in two weeks. And that was almost, uh, well, we had some interesting discussions about that, that I was going to Hawaii. Now, think about the thousands of men who are, these are actual photos of those men, some of them. And uh, the attack, of course, at that time, America was a, uh, was in, they were the peace negotiators. They were negotiating peace with the Japanese, with the rest of the, the world that was at war. America had been attempting to stay out of the war. Not that America didn't or disagreed with the allies, but they didn't want to enter the war. They wanted to stay neutral, and therefore they could be peace, whatever. They, many people criticize this. That's why I'm kind of tiptoeing around it. And so <clears throat> they were in the midst of peace and peace talks and had just released information, had just released, in fact, Roosevelt had just released a major announcement, made him look like a total fool because he had just announced that they had brokered a peace and Japan was going to do all these nice things. And in the morning, uh, when... The news broke, or what, I, I'm not absolutely sure what the timing was like in parts of the U.S. here on the, at the continental U.S., but when the news broke and when the president was awakened uh, to be told that they had actually been, uh, what's the word, uh, fooled, uh, that th they had been planning this attack for months as they talked peace. Of course, when I first heard this as a younger man, I said, why would, the, of course, you know, it was way long over. Uh, why, would, why would a country want the United States to enter the war? So I've kind of thought about that through the years and read history. I'm a history, I love history. And uh, I think I can safely say that it was arrogance. Yeah. They thought that Hitler and the emperor comprised an unbeatable world force. That even if they brought, and they wanted America to be hurt, so there's more than just my answer, there's lots of others, obviously. But ultimately, the reason they didn't leave, keep America out. They may have actually won that war. History, we don't know. Perhaps not. I, I don't want to impugn the, those others that were fighting so hard and trying so hard. And, and, and of course, uh, uh, who, who was over uh, England? Churchill. When Churchill came to power, he was right in the middle of all of this. In fact, there's been a great deal of historical work done in the last 
10 years about Churchill and, and, and why and, and, and how they were trying, uh, uh, Chamberlain and these others were trying to placate Hitler. And they were saying to Hitler, oh, oh, we don't care. We don't care. All those Jews, we know what you have to do, Hitler. And so that was angering people and people were worried about it. But, but Churchill was completely different. He said, no, I'm not playing. I'm not even talking to Hitler. I'm not. They were going to walk out on Churchill if he dared not go and sit down with Hitler. They wanted to force, this is a matter of history, I'm just simply repeating it, that if Churchill, he, he was the prime minister of England and there was the uh, whatever forces, two political parties, let's call it that, and they were embattling each other and they had different views. One was to placate the enemy and to be nice to Hitler and say, murder all the people. You, I mean, I'm being a little rough there, but uh, ultimately, uh, Jim, uh Churchill would have said they were basically saying, murder anybody you want as long as you leave us alone. We're okay. We're staying out of it. Well, of course, that made England upset because England was, uh, by the way, got my degree in England. And believe me, we've had a lot of talks about this. And so uh, here's, uh, here are the British people fighting and America's a neutral over here. So Churchill tried his best to get Roosevelt to get into the fight and help us where you've got to understand and I'll never forget the quote where Churchill said that this is a moral question. This is not a question of neutrality. It is not possible for you to be neutral. The world is at war, Mr. President. That's his famous line. Of course, Churchill is maybe the most famous British individual in the world right now because of these very discussions. And so it was that they decided that Japan would, because of, of course, Hawaii being so close, that they would attack America and destroy its fleet in the harbors at Pearl Harbor and in the neutrality. Now, there's so many things about the way enemies uh, can treat one another uh, that come to mind when I think about the brave men and women just, just here, although I know there have been millions of men and women who have given their lives. And don't you think it'd be a good thing if we just thank God for the freedoms that we have had protected through the years? Could we just do that for a moment? I'm going to run out of time, and I don't want to fail to do that. Father, we do thank you for the freedoms that someone else has, has paid the price for Lord, someone else paid the price. I have never served. I have never carried a gun. I have never been in the military. But someone has, and they protected my freedoms against our enemies. See, the modern notion, now think with me. I don't want to, be, I don't want to trouble anyone's spirit here, but the modern notion is there really are no enemies. They're just winners and losers. See, that's the new notion, but that's a lie. In other words, no matter how evil they are, if they win, they're the winners. It makes no difference. No, no, there's a God in heaven, my friend. God is judging who is right and who is wrong. So, but an enemy, regardless, sometimes people are enemies over things that have nothing to do with moral and spiritual values. And I understand that. And so it is. But, but when we are facing an evil like the world was facing, 64 million people died in this war. 64 million, that's the number I recall off the top of my head. So, so let's, let's get a few things from here. You must know your enemy, and you must never estimate your enemy's intentions. In other words, you, can't, you can never think, well, uh, 
you know, uh, it's just Hitler. No, no, no. You have to be very, very careful of what the, the enemy might do. That's why when your when your uh, military leadership is sensitive and has a clear head and clear thinking, then they can look ahead and hopefully protect our lives. So the enemy has intentions and capabilities. See, I'm thinking in terms of spiritual things here, but stay with me. Never forget their weakness and how to defeat them. If your goal is to just, if you take the Lord's, okay, love your enemies, let Hitler rule the world, that's your view, then you're going to be in serious trouble. Oh, well, the devil, you know how that is. He's okay with me. Then you're in trouble. You need to say, devil, I take authority over you in Jesus' name. I don't give you an inch. You don't say, okay, devil, I know you're, you used to be an angel. Come on in and let's have a little talk. No, 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 no. Now, you must have the courage to face your enemy with the determination to win the battle. Everyone said amen. You've got to win the battle against those who would destroy you and your freedoms. And, of course, that was true right here. And America immediately, of course, entered the war. And, and, and so I'm trying to look at analogies. Now, let's go to uh, John 10. I'm going from 15 to 10. Here we go. Uh, everyone knows this Psalm 23. The Lord is what? My shepherd I shall not want. All right, now look at John 10. I lay down my life, verse 15, for the sheep. Everyone say, praise the Lord. In other words, there was a cause, and he laid down his life for the sheep. He didn't lay down his life for the devil. Now listen to me. The devil will never be saved. He's a fallen angel. Now listen. The Lord did not provide a means for sin in the angels to be atoned for. They're going to be cast into the bottomless pit. And every demon in hell is going there. There's no provision for fallen angels and Satan. He knows it. That's why he lies to you. Because there is atonement for you. You could be, a, you could be a, I mean, the vilest of the vile. And yet God can still reach you. I'm laying my life down for the sheep. Therefore, the Father, doth the Father love me because I laid down my life. And I want to stop there, but I won't. That I might take it again. Oh, I wish I could. Uh, mercy be upon us. All right. So, therefore, I laid down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it up again. So let's, let's look at some lessons here. Never take the sacrifice of others on your behalf lightly. Never take it lightly. To take freedom and righteousness for granted is to assure that the enemy will come and take them away. Because the enemy is an enemy. All right? Jesus is the ultimate example of defeating the greatest enemy of the ages, yet doing so with love, power, and authority. Praise God. So you can love your enemies and defeat them. We can treat people with respect and still live righteously. We don't have to cave into sin because we have power over sin. He did not pretend, Jesus did not pretend that the evil did not exist or that it was okay. He never, never, never pretended. He faced it victoriously. He knew the price to be paid and he was willing to pay that ultimate price with the sacrifice of his own 
life. Now we're going the other way around. We're, we're thinking about what Jesus said in terms of our military. Now let's go to the next one. I've only got a second or two. So the soldiers in this battle are the people of God, prayer warriors and preachers, people who are standing called of God. They're leading the battle. And the Bible says, for they watch for what? Your souls as they that must give account. Hebrews 13, 17. First Peter 4, wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So we say, Lord, I'm going to I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to be filled with hate and envy. I'm not going to hate my enemy. I'm going to love them. I'm going to win the victory over them. Unrighteousness will be destroyed by faith. Love conquers all hallelujah the devil may run to and fro but he is a defeated foe now let's go to revelation 118 and when i and when i uh saw him i'm sorry for all i typed this over. i fell at his feet as dead and he laid his right hand upon me saying unto me fear not i am the first and the last can you see that is that that's kind of tiny but can you read it read it with me fear not i am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of death and hell. Praise God. Can we just clap our hands and thank God? Praise God. Praise God. Now let's go to the next one. I'm going to only read Psalm 34. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all of their troubles that's at the very bottom can we read that the righteous cry and the lord heareth and delivereth them out of all of their troubles psalm 18 and 2 the lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my god my strength in whom i will trust now let's close with king david uh, the very last one we're safe in the hands of god does anybody believe that god's able to take care of it let's stand together come on i got there i need to move out of the way the lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer the god of my rock and him will i trust he is my shield and the horn of my salvation my high tower and my refuge my savior thou savest me from violence i will call on the lord Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Let's lift our hands and praise him. Father, thank you for the lesson today. Lord, I ask you to bless each heart. Keep us, strengthen us right now, Lord, and we give you praise and bless each one. Anoint the word in Jesus' name. Now, hallelujah. Everyone said amen.